Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The guys take you from the NBA to college basketball to the NFL combine, grow some fresh burgers in the lab, let you know what they are currently listening to, and weigh in on what makes ravioli a ravioli. All that and more this week on Just Press Play. How many losing seasons does Tom Brady have to have before you can fire him? Well, he's got to have one. He's about to win the MVP. <laughs> Another week, and the Just Press Play pod rolls right along. Guys, what's going on? Not much. What's up? Just kicking it. Well, I wanted to start the show off. I think we're going to do a little different way. We're going to start it off with, I want to do some, what we're going to call the layup line. And we're just going to kind of do some some quick hitters. What what you saw in sports or in music or in movies, just what you saw this week that kind of grabbed some attention. And the first thing I want to talk about is... James Harden snatching Wesley Johnson's soul <laughs> on national TV last Wednesday with that crossover. And then, uh, to me, the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen in an NBA when game. When he just held it? Where he just looked at him. <laughs> he even licked his lips. He licked his lips oh, and just looked I at him. I thought it was badass. Well, <laughs> it was rough. I mean, if you're that guy that got crossed over, Harden could make it better going to look. I wasn't trying to to I'm, I'm sorry. It was just I was in the moment, but... It was kind of a disgraceful but he, play. But he was though. He was. He was trying to. He crossed him over and he looked at him. It was. It was like, yeah, I just made you look stupid, and now I'm going to highlight the fact to everyone here, just to make sure everyone knows, I just made you look dumb. But isn't that the best part of sports, though? Right? Like it's the competition of one person against another, and then someone just straight up beats them. Like, well, relish in it, you know? Well, so it it rose to me. A few questions that I wanted to ask y'all. First, if you're Wesley Johnson, if that's dad, that's you. First of all, you're guarding James Harden, who's that's a daunting <laughs> task. Luck. He's probably going to win MVP this year. Yep. Yep. And and that happens. And, you know, obviously he knows right away, like, shit, he got me. But even if he doesn't fall, he knows I just got got. What do you do? Do you fake an injury? <laughs> do you go to the ref and say he pushed off? I mean, or do you just... Shrug and I think you get up, you get up, you shrug, you go back down. Next time on defense, and you beat the floor because you're fixing to give him hell. I mean, it's <laughs> on. That's what I think. Well, good luck. I mean, I know James it is James Harden. Harden. That battle. I want to beat the floor, and get beat while I'm doing it. <laughs> He's going to be behind me, but oh, I think what you do is you just like kind of you know give him a like give him a nod and be like, yeah, yep, you got me. I mean, fair enough, you got me. <laughs> 
I want to note that within like 20 minutes after that, Wesley Johnson's Wikipedia page changed <laughs> and it said Wesley Johnson is said owned by James Harden. <laughs> and then like it even said like it had his like on Wikipedia it says born this day this year. And if someone's passed away, it has like when they right. passed away and someone put Wesley Johnson <laughs> in the date of Wednesday, like March 1st, 2018. Oh, it was it was but, it was tough. I'm just it's tough. Yeah. Well, and and what got me so what I was thinking is one, maybe if I'm Leslie Johnson, I respect the hell out of one of my teammates. Like DeAndre Jordan is one of his teammates. So just jump up there and take one for the team and go ahead and goaltend it. Just block it. Don't even don't let it swish. <laughs> even though it might not go in, it's probably going in because it's James mm-hmm. Harden wide open. But just because that just the if you do that, then maybe it doesn't become the viral moment that it does on Twitter. Well, would that be like Emmett Smith tackling T.O. on the star in Dallas? I mean, saying. So maybe it makes it a bigger thing. You know, well, no, I, and I mean, maybe. I liked Emmett Smith doing that because he's like, yeah, you know what? You got me. But it'd be like you said, DeAndre Jordan getting up there and just going, OK, get that shit out of here. Well, you know? yeah. I think it's OK if he just crossed him up, made him fall, hit the three. Everyone at the stand still is going to go. You're going to hear that 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 joined like oh, and the, and the whole crowd knows what happened. But it moves yeah. on. The fact that he sat there and and he embarrassed him in front of everybody. And that's one thing that's wrong with the NBA now is AI used to do that same kind of thing back in the day when he was yanking people's ankles. But back then, if you if he did something disrespectful like walking over Ty Lue in the finals. You better believe he got a forearm the next time down the court. Yeah. You can't do that in today's league or you're ejected immediately For sure. and probably out the next game. You know, I like James Harden. I was I, I was I wished he wouldn't have done that, but he did it. He got he beat the guy. You just go on. You next I play. loved it. He I will tell you what, he won Twitter for a night <laughs> by sure. that play. That went insane. Okay. And that gets me to the next Next play that kind of broke Twitter, I think the following day on Thursday, it might have been Friday, but LeBron yeah. goes behind the back between the legs of the defender as he's going through a pick and roll. Beautiful play. How much was skill on that and how much was love? Well, when he passed it to himself between someone's legs behind the back, right? And then went and got the easy layup. And fit, well, he got an and one. Someone and fouled one. him. He yeah. made the layup. So. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you can accidentally do that. Like, that's like, Sure, statistically, there's a chance that your your atoms will all line up and you can walk straight through a wall, but the chances of that happening are so slim that it'll never actually happen. <laughs> um, I think that's a similar situation. Like, there, I don't think there's any way that you accidentally like I think if it were an accident, by the time the ball got back into his hands, if he's at all normal, which he's not, obviously, but if he were, the response would be like, holy <laughs> shit, what just happened? <laughs> well, I think in answer to your question, it was about 40% skill, 60% luck. I mean, to get it through that other guy's legs, that was luck. But, I mean, he's got the skill to go behind his back and make the move. But Well, LeBron said afterward that he didn't know until halftime. That was like in the first or second quarter. And someone told him like halftime, hey, look, that play you made, because LeBron just – even if that wouldn't have gone between the legs of the defender, it was still a really good play. But that was just another play in LeBron's ho-hum, probably 30, 12, and 10 night that he has every other night. But they showed him, and he said he didn't realize he went between the legs, and that wasn't on purpose. But it was he claimed it to be the best play of his career. I know. Didn't he's he tweet a a congratulating himself, kind of? 
Again, that's just like a thing he does. He said, <laughs> you know, if you're a badass, you don't have to tell people you're a badass. Yeah, you walk you away, know, you don't look at the explosion. Badasses don't look at the explosion. You just <laughs> exactly, LJ. You just walk away and it explodes behind you and you're just chilling. Mm-hmm. You just we I'm walking really cool, have listeners. Rod watch a little project badass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't believe that he congratulated himself. He just tweeted something to the effect of, and it was a joke, but he was like, haters will say it's fake. The the fans will say it's real or something. And it was kind of a joke. I don't think he was trying to say congratulations. To be fair, I heard somebody talk about it. It was on Cowherd. And I heard the, the girl that's on Cowherd with him was saying she thought that. So that, I've not read it. Christine Leahy. I've not read it. I've just... Heard her take, and I thought, I see that. I see that point. So that's where I got that. Okay, sure. real quick before we go, or before we move on to the next next layup, better play the LeBron one or the James Harden one? LeBron. the The reason uh, what's his name fell was because he was shocked by the crossover and then got his feet tangled. Didn't, but the LeBron thing, like that's a freaky play. Like that just doesn't happen. That's my opinion. Michael Jordan ducking over Patrick Ewing. <laughs> better play. Good answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You take C out of A or B. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) I took none of the above. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hey, you're not wrong. Guess the ages of the three people in the podcast right now. (laughs) I was going to, I was going to pay some, uh, uh, some homage to the, you sending that highlight, but I agree. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with LJ. I think the LeBron play is the better play. The James Harden one is, is, is awesome, but. (laughs) I think that's more just he put an exclamation point on the end of it. Just a better play was LeBron. Well, and, and I'll say I think that uh, which one would I rather be on the court for? I'd rather be on the court for that James Harden play because like just the feeling of what just happened. Like there's got to be some like intense emotions that go with that, you know, whereas the LeBron is just kind of like, what did that just happen? That's that's weird. And then you just keep playing or whatever. Yeah, you, you kind of look confused on the LeBron yeah. one. But if you go back and watch the James Harden one. Trevor Ariza was about, he was like walking up to the scores table, getting ready to check in, lost it. He didn't know, he couldn't yeah. control what he just saw. He couldn't well, believe you, it. Hey, when Jordan ducked over Patrick Ewing, I was watching it. I came out of my chair and said, yeah. my God, you know, just yeah. went yeah. nuts. For sure. For it, sure. I, I, t- correct me if I'm wrong, Dad, but is it possible for a, a big time Jordan fan to to talk LeBron with that somehow throwing Jordan in there at some point. I mean, that's probably a fair question. Um, no, it's probably not possible. Okay, I'm being honest. Another another layup here is you may have somehow missed this on NBA Twitter is a very fast moving thing and it is very intriguing and. J.R. Smith, another storyline that happened out of Cleveland is J.R. Smith got suspended from a game. I believe it might have been the game where LeBron did his amazing play or the game after, one of the two. But J.R. Smith got suspended for a game, and the next day we realized it was because he threw soup at his assistant coach, Damon Jones. <laughs> you you heard me correct. And sources are saying... That it was broccoli and cheddar soup, which, wait a minute, I love broccoli and cheddar soup. Yeah, that does feel like a waste. What? Do you you have thought? I mean, do you have thoughts on that? I don't know what thought one could have other than why. 
I guess, I mean, if soups go, I might would rather have like a chicken broth soup thrown at me rather than broccoli and cheese. But I think like a, a cold pea soup is what you want thrown at you if you have to have a soup okay. thrown at you. Yeah, if you have to have a soup thrown at you, it wouldn't be broccoli and cheese. I'll just say. It wouldn't well, be what I'm wondering, was it, did he throw a can of soup? Did he throw a piping hot yeah. soup? Like, I guess that's the question. If you threw if you threw a bowl of hot soup at a man, that... That's tough. Well, if you throw a can of soup, that's tough as well. I mean, that that would hurt. You think NBA players have Campbell's soup on them at, at like at home anyway? But like, I don't even know what that is around their coach. <laughs> well, so so they were one of Paul Pierce mentioned that what had to happen obviously is Damon Jones, who shout out to Damon Jones. He's been riding LeBron's coattails since I can remember, but that's. And only NBA diehards will know that he's like the 15th guy on the roster for a lot of LeBron's teams. But the only Paul George or Paul Pierce was saying that the only way this happens is if Damon Jones, after a game or at some point, whatever, J.R. Smith's going through some stuff, and Damon Jones has one of those digs, burns, where he throws in there, whether it's about his game or about maybe a way he looks or a girlfriend. I don't know. He, he says something that kind of tries to get at J.R. Smith, and J.R. Smith gets so mad that all he does is he reaches and throws the first thing he finds. Yeah. But there's a flaw in that that I didn't think about until you mentioned these guys don't know what a can of soup is. They have cooks. <laughs> like they don't, they don't have cans of soup in the locker room. <laughs> so the only thing I could think is he was eating a bowl of soup. And then it got me thinking of what's the worst soup to throw at someone as far as just to waste the soup. Like broccoli and cheddar is definitely up there. It's one of my favorite soups of all time. Gumbo. So is, ooh. ooh. How much time does that take? But wait, <clears throat> are you saying the worst soup because it's a waste of the soup or the worst soup because of, I got to clean myself about, up? I'm well, not even thinking about both, Damon Jones. Well, I hope it's not like a tomato soup where his nice dress shirt's got red all over it or something or a really hot soup that burned him. But I'm just talking about, I think soup's an underrated food as it is. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just I mean, going like to throw soup. that out there. I don't eat soup enough, but when I do, I thoroughly enjoy it. I've never been I upset at a bowl of soup, honestly. I mean, I just I don't think I have in my life. What's it's your like favorite Campbell's soup? What's your favorite Campbell's soup? Uh, it's I go well, I'm a chunky's guy. I like uh, I like the chunky fair soup. Enough. Okay. I go right. I go homestyle chicken noodle. Just the just the old school. Okay. Homestyle chicken noodle. If I'm noodle, going old Kevin. school, I like the homestyle chicken noodle, but if I I like the chunky one and they have a like a bacon potato, bacon potato oh. soup or something. <laughs> yeah. And I'm getting my Tony C's and I'm shout out to Cody. He knows I'm throwing <laughs> some Tony C's all up in that thing and maybe some hot sauce. If I got it, it's going to be good. Okay. My favorite soup over all these years, chicken and wild rice. That that's is a good favorite. soup. That's, that's a really soup. underrated chicken soup. and wild rice. Very underrated. I love it. It's yeah. my favorite, but a little Tony C's yeah. and a little Tabasco. Absolutely. Just a little splash. Oh, yes. The best soup to get thrown. Well, I don't know if it's a soup. Is ramen noodle? Is that a soup? Uh, no, yeah. I don't think so. No, I think I would call it a soup. Kind of comes what out soupy. I mean, I'd call it a noodle in a broth, I guess. So, yeah, I call it a soup. <laughs> that sounds a lot like a soup. I mean, that's, that's soup. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't call it soup. I'd call it noodles and broth. Okay. Yeah. As soon as it came out of my face, I knew Wait, how dumb that well, was. <laughs> Can you describe chicken on a soup for me? I think it's uh, oh, noodles God. and a broth. 
Speaking of some basketball stuff, I don't know if y'all saw what Anthony Davis did over the month of February when Boogie Cousins went down in January like 26th or 7th, okay. right at the end of the January. And Anthony Davis, for the month of February, averaged 35 points, 15 rebounds. The first player to ever do that for an entire month besides one person, which was Damn. Carl Malone. I guess he's. I guess he was a pretty good player, but <laughs> Carl Malone was a, okay. What I'm I, the old guy, all right. <laughs> Carl Malone was a really pretty nah, good player. Okay. He just had Stockton. No big deal. I want to. <laughs> Bill Simmons says Carl Malone's stats are a little overrated, but that's a topic to get into another day. Stockton helped him. But, Stockton was amazing. Whoop, that's bookmark. <laughs> bookmark that one. Four. Just here's four games that Anthony Davis had in the month of February, and then we can roll on. 53 points, 18 rebounds, five blocks. Jeez. 45 points, 17 rebounds, five blocks, and five steals. Jeez. 44 points, 17 rebounds, three blocks, six steals. And 42, 15, two blocks, and three steals. That's ridiculous. That's insane. Give me his particulars. How, tall is, will, how tall is he, Kevin? Well, what that's the reason he's so awesome is because he when he was first, like in, throughout high school, he was like six foot, six one, six two. And then all of a sudden, from like junior year to senior year, he sprouted up, maybe sophomore to senior, he sprouted up like a foot. He's like 6'11 now, probably 6'10. Is he 6'10? It says 6'10 on Wiki. Yeah. His arms are huge. But what, what, so what that did for him is he learned the game of basketball as a guard. And now all of a sudden, he's, he's a, he was big. the start of unicorns, which the NBA is now this new thing where you want to get a unicorn like a Kristaps Porzingis mm. or a Joel Embiid. But Anthony or Davis Giannis. is. Or, or Giannis, yeah, the Greek freak is definitely – if I would have forgot to say him, that would have been a sin. But Anthony Davis just is reminding us real quick that while he's getting – he's on New Orleans and getting wasted away, it seems like, he is one of the best players in the NBA right now. He's perfect for the style of play that the NBA is. And I really I, – and this is uh, – I really hope he'll take note from one thing I remember hearing KG say after he retired at Boston – KG said, if there's one thing about his career he could fix, it was wasting his prime on mediocre teams. He wished he would have not been as loyal and forced his way out of Minnesota, even though he loved Minnesota. Mm. Interesting. Just, he was. Makes sense. I hope Anthony, I hope this Anthony Davis doesn't end up being a four seed every year and losing the first yeah. two rounds. I want to, I want to see him on the finals, but that's. Anthony Davis is really good. He's good. And we can end this it just in. This just in. Okay, I just realized this the other day, but it's always the case. I've got a little ice maker, you know, on my door of my refrigerator. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I don't care how much ice I get in my cup. I need one more cue every time. You know what I'm saying? So I push that thing. But you get more more than one more cue. You get like six. Inevitably, three fall out. And I have to go pour two out in the sink every time. I know what you're talking about. I, I get like three cues. I'm like, you know what? I want one more. And you go to get one more, and they all just come falling out. <laughs> Y'all are weirdos, is all I got to say about that. You need like, so it's are just you counting? Me and Kevin? Do you I need guess. like a multiple of five or something? Is that what we're getting to? Is this no, like an I OCD get the cup, thing? I get the cup. I, I look in it. I go, oh, I need one more piece of ice. <laughs> and then I hit the button. Five fall out. And I'm like, no, damn it. I will say. And I, I, <laughs> I don't, That's exactly how it goes. I don't go. I don't. I don't look at my cup, and I, the listener couldn't tell. He looked at his cup in disgust. Like, why is there not another piece in here? I kind of go. I could use one more cube of ice, and I try to get another cube. 
But also, I don't have to deal with that problem anymore because I use ice trays because I don't have a fridge that will make my ice for <laughs> yeah. me. So I'm just hoping that I remembered the night before to fill up my ice tray and then I have ice in the freezer. So but this is a champagne problem. <laughs> the solution okay. here is crushed ice or like those awesome ice spheres. And then you're good to go either way. That's my opinion. Uh, crushed mm. ice, the only problem is... <sighs> I kind of have the similar situation where yeah, I'm filling up one my more crushed ice and I don't have, <laughs> no, it's even worse though. Listen, this is what happens with crushed ice is I have like, ah, I need, I need some more because it'll start it'll like come out and then all of a sudden you can hear it stops and it's kind of crushing up ice. Yeah. Well, and you're yeah. like waiting on mm-hmm. it and you go and you go, I don't have enough. Let me get a little more crushed ice. And when I go to do it, all of a sudden the... <laughs> <laughs> the bottom falls out and ice goes everywhere. It's on the floor. And now I got a mess and you got to clean it up. Cause I don't want to leave water. I don't want to melt and there's water. And then dad's sock steps in it. And now he's got a wet sock, which is the worst. It is the worst when you That's get a true. wet sock. That's true. It's terrible. But yes. why do you guys need such a specific amount of ice is my only question. There's just a feel. I don't know what it is, it's, it's, but it's, it's, I feel like I need a little more ice every I don't, time. I don't have like a six cube rule, but I have, I have like, a, I look at it and I go, I need some more ice. I the only, like, I've never felt like I've had too few ice and I've only felt like I've had too much ice when there's not enough, like, to pour my drink in there. You know, there's, it takes up a large majority of the volume of the glass. That. That's it. That's my only ice problem I've ever had in my life. Well, well, I can tell you for sure. I don't care if I'm at a fast food restaurant and I get my own cup, you know, and they, you know, have the ice. Every, I never do it once. <laughs> I never just go and leave. Never. So crazy. Ever. I always have to hit it again. I, I mean, I just. Hey, fair enough. Why. That's your thing. Whatever. Real quick. Whatever. Bef- uh, and we'll move on. To, we'll move off from ice. But I hate it. I hate being the guy that has to say easy ice at Sonic. But. I hate it when they put so much ice. I get like one drink of Coke, like yeah. one drink, yeah. and then I'm then I'm just ice. At least Sonic does have good ice, but everywhere else, I have to tell them I don't want too much That's ice because they'll just load it up. I wonder if they'd understand if you told them take my ice, fill it up, and dump about <laughs> half out, and then put it one more time for a second and try and not to catch all in. of it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Yes. That's it. Speaking of the the minor inconveniences in life. I can't be the only one. I get home. I got a bunch of groceries. And of course, I'm going to load up all as much as I can. I'm, I'm making one trip yeah. regardless. There's not Absolutely. multiple trips. That's I think I think yeah. that's everyone. But a lot of times I have it. I don't go to the groceries and get a ton of stuff. Right. Because you go six times a week. Probably right? two hands full. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, we, as we've so noted, can before, always I, get I don't in know one how trip. to yeah. use the groceries. <laughs> well, a lot of times it's two bags worth. And I'll grab all the bags that I have in the truck and I'll put them in one hand. <laughs> all two of them? No. Okay. Two, it's two hands worth, not two bags. It's two hands worth of bags. Okay. Usually. Okay. okay. But I'll just load up <laughs> one arm. I'll put okay. like on my arm and I'll put some in my hand and I'll make it to where one hand's free because one hand's got to open the door, right? Every right. single time, I don't care what you say, my keys are always in the pocket yep. Yep. that has the handful of bags. <laughs> reaching <Every time>. around. <laughs> yeah. So you're reaching across. And so you do the stupid time. switch and you're, uh, you can't tell what I'm trying to do here, but it doesn't work. And then if people are watching you, you just look dumb. And then you have to sit down and bag. You're like, God dang it. I took all this time to make it to where I have one free hand, but it doesn't yep. work because yep. my keys yep. are over here. 
same simple to just check yeah. which pocket first. Yeah, but, it requires hmm. way too much thought for carrying your groceries. And it's not that like I thought. So it happened to me the other day for, and I, I, it happened to me every single time. But the other day I took note of it and was like, you know what? I'm going to notice that that I got all the stuff in my right hand. I must put my keys in my right pocket every time. Nope, it's just random where my keys are. It's just going to be whatever hand that I pick up all the groceries with. Because then I made sure to have all the groceries in my left hand. Sure enough, there's my keys, and I'm doing the reach around and trying to get in yep. there. And yeah, that sounds well. It's like a, it's like plugging in something USB. You always get it right on the third time. <laughs> that is Am I right. Wait, no, it's the second time, right? No, it's the third time. The, the for me at least, the first time I get it wrong. The second time I turn it upside down, get it wrong again. Turn it over one more time and it works. There's like a third position in USB plugs in my experience. <laughs> you guys don't have that experience. Okay, Whoa. that's fine. No. All right. There's only you two guys have ways ice problems. I have so. USB problems. I understand, wow. but it still is wrong twice. I don't I'm not <laughs> All right. Um Pop Tarts or Ravioli, prove me wrong. Oh. Uh what's the question? Oh, Pop tarts are ravioli. Prove me uh, wrong. Ravioli are ravioli. Um, well, I was gonna say ravioli is hot, but pop tart. I like a good toasted brown sugar cinnamon. But pop um, ravioli is always with tomato sauce, isn't it? Or cheese? It's always got a sauce. No, cheese you can sauce. stuff it. Oh no, you can oh. fill it with anything. No, you like make bake bake ravioli and you just fill it with like spinach or something. You know that people do that Pop-tarts all the time. Are hard. They're hard. They're got a little crunch to them. They're not like noodly soft. Well, I mean, does a noodle have to be soft? I mean, preferably. <laughs> Unless you like stale noodles. <laughs> you like stale, hard noodles? I mean, what? Well, but no, but like if you bake your ravioli, it's not soft. It's It's got a crisp to it. I don't guess I've ever had. I've never, had, had, I've no never ravioli. had baked ravioli, yeah. Oh, well, well, first off, you should because it's delicious. <laughs> first off, you're uh, making a okay. mistake. <laughs> yeah. If anything comes from this conversation, try some baked ravioli. I'm just saying. Um, okay, with some like sweet ravioli. Oh, I got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I was pop tart sweet ravioli savory. Yeah, what's the fruity? There's no fruity. There's no fruity flavor in a ravioli. There's no sweet ravioli. So, it's all so savory. ravioli is defined as savory. Is that what you're saying? I've never had a sweet ravioli. Well, you also never had baked ravioli. So there's a whole world that you don't know about ravioli. <laughs> well, that could be. There's a lot of things I don't know about ravioli. Apparently, I. I think that the ravioli is not dependent on what you stuff it with. Well, and also if you had a pop tart with a savory filling, does that make it ravioli now? I mean, it's disgusting. We can agree on that. But like, is it not <laughs> okay, ravioli? Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds oh. awful. I don't want like a pizza <laughs> pop tart. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's a hot pocket. They call those hot pockets, right? Yeah. So, so is a hot, hot pocket the same thing as ravioli? Is a hot pocket a ravioli? I'm asking you guys now. Tell me why it wouldn't be. And then is it a pop tart? <laughs> it's not. No. Well, not, hot pocket not. be a ravioli. Because uh, no, because that's bread on a pop tart. Um, it's, ravioli almost always has a sauce. But no, because no, it's not. LJ, this is a stupid you LJ thing. Your, and you it, can dip your baked ravioli in a sauce, but it doesn't necessarily need a sauce. That's not. That's not a. A defining factor of ravioli. I can't. I can't prove you wrong, but you are wrong. <laughs> and I know that's, that's a not argument. a good argument. That's a, that's a solid argument. Okay, I'm going to think about the noodle. The, I mean, the ravioli pop tart thing and come up. It's not. You're wrong, but I'm going to think of why. And and get some baked ravioli you while you're at it. Okay, I'm going to absolutely. 
Last topic in the layup line, and I don't I don't want to blow your mind, Dad, and break your heart, but starting July 1st, 2018, Best Buy says they will no longer be selling the Humble CD in stores. Whoa. The CD's going away? CDs is is going away. Starting July 1st, 2018, Best Buy will no longer have CDs in there. That's well, let's take a how second. How does that make you feel? Yeah, let's mourn. Let's, yeah, can we have Hold a on. moment of, of Hold silence? On. I'm, I'm pouring one out for CDs, pouring some of my 40 out. <laughs> pull, pull out a little liquor, a little OE. <laughs> I'm gonna have to clean that single malt up off the floor, but <laughs> well, to be fair, okay, to be fair, I haven't bought a CD, I can't remember the last CD I bought. That is the truth. I can't remember the last CD that I've played. Mm. So, I mean, I get my music, I get my music by Spotify now. That's yeah. how I get my music. I listen to records more often so. than CDs. That's a fact. Hmm. So, yeah. the, my, but my question for you, last time, can you remember the last time you went into Best Buy? Yeah, Just, absolutely. Did you go, did you go over to the CD aisle and peruse it? Or no? You know, I didn't, but I will tell you, know. Don't you normally? Best, I do. Yeah, well, Best Buy, that before probably... I mean, y'all were born, but I, I don't know when Best Buy started, but they were the baddest ass CD store of them all. They had everything. If you, I would go to Little Rock because we didn't have a Best Buy in Texarkana, and I would make time to stop by Best Buy and peruse yeah. the CD aisle. That was a huge deal. Fair. Yes. Well, I just know, and I, I feel like I, I, I bring up Lane more often than not, but I did live with the guy for like five years, but- yeah. We would if we would go to Walmart to get like the super center to get a bunch of groceries. We would we would go to the grocery store and we would go to the CD aisle every time. I never really bought a CD because I was not using CDs that often. But Lane would always buy like you know Taylor Swift's new CD or something. He's a big <laughs> Shake It Off fan. But uh, we would always <laughs> we would always go uh, shout out to T Swizzle. But we would always go uh, check the CD out, and that's just and. I understand. I never, I, every time I go to Best Buy, I don't buy a CD, but I do always go check out the CD aisle and just see what's in there just because it mm. interests me. She kind of said, hey, Target, on the other hand, says that it will still sell music CDs, but it's going to be under a consignment basis, which is basically yeah. they're only going to pay the labels for CDs when customers buy them rather than buying the CDs in bulk and paying for big shipments. So I'll never get rid of my old CDs. I just, Tammy's on me to get rid of them. I probably never will, but I haven't bought. Last one, Kevin, you bought me. You bought me Prince Purple Rain. Good. You were in New Orleans. Prince. Yep. Yeah. I think it, it was like, Rain. it was like, a, and that is an art that on, I hope those never go out. That was at like an actual record store on Bourbon Street. We went in and just were, me and Cody were going around, a big music guy with me. We just looked and we sat in there for like 30 minutes just looking at stuff he bought like, I think two or three vinyls, maybe, but there's nothing. I saw that, and it was like a special edition, like lives DVD, which I don't even know if you have a DVD player, but it had a live, it had a DVD in there, and it had like a couple of CDs, and I thought, ah, this just screams dead. And it was pretty soon after. There, there's nothing that quite Prince, replaces so. the idea of going through physical music. Like uh, there's a re there's a bookstore near where we live, and they've got like you know dollar fifty vinyls, and I will go through them any chance that I get, even though it's the same stuff every time. It's what I miss. What I miss the most is getting the jacket out, like getting the album, getting the jacket out, reading who wrote the song, who's the guitar player on the song, who's the drum. I used to really mm -hmm. read the liner notes. I I miss that. I don't do that anymore. Now you just got to go to Wikipedia. I go I Google it up and I see who's yeah. in the band. It's not I the go, same. Hey, he's the guitar player. He's yeah. the drummer. It's not the same. 
I agree. We're trying to I decipher agree. Prince's like eyeballs and hearts and stuff like that in the number four. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. fun. It was he fun. was the first one did that. Yeah. It seems like, though, I, I guess it's not making a comeback because we're not buying it like crazy because there's no way people my age have as many vinyls as like you would have a CD at CDs. But vinyls are still a really cool thing. A lot of people my age, I know LJ's into it. I mean, Hank, I have some vinyls upstairs at your house. They're the, they're, vinyls they're are still, coming back. They're the best-selling physical media. I don't know if they're coming media. back as in, yeah, it's the best physical style best media. Yeah, you said music, that it's right. the best physical medium for music, LJ? Best-selling. Best selling. Okay. Is it, you know, the people, the old ha- the old hands like Mike, Mike Dillinger, you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. in Dallas? You know, mm-hmm. he's got, I bet, 1,400 albums. And that's all he listens to. And he swears that the vinyl is a more true reproduction of the music than, than binary code, I guess, uh, on a CD. I, as someone who deals with it professionally, think that it can be if you've got the best equipment available for your record player. But even having mm-hmm. the parts to do that are expensive. And then on the other hand, um, that's just talking about like the general song. If someone's creating a song today, the the concept of recording exactly what's happening is much better than the idea of recording to a medium that you have to scratch in what the, what the sound waves look like. It's the tradition of it and the blowing off of the record and the picking out the record and the hearing the little warm poppy sounds. That's what makes a record experience the experience that is amazing not the i mean the audio yeah. quality is on par with everything else but not better in my opinion i i i get that i will say and this is a topic uh before we he- get off of this i want to mention this and i think we'll have this conversation on a later podcast in greater detail but i really hope the art i'm worried in my people my age the art of listening to an album from Start the first finish. song to the last song is is slowly declining. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why, I, and it's it's not just it's all genres of music. Artists make you a good artist make an album, and there's a reason why one is one, two is two, three is three, and I I think that is slowly fading. I do The art I actually have an album. I have a differing opinion. I think that that died completely, and now is starting to come back with people like Childish Gambino. And Kendrick Lamar and uh, Lin Manuel Miranda is another example of Kanye West. Yeah, and it's, it? I, I mean, think it's coming back. People are starting to listen to whole albums again because there's a lot of gatekeepers out there who are like, "Oh, you like Kanye? Well, tell me what the seventh track on uh, Seeker Life of Pablo is." We talked last week a little bit about Sean Miller and what the FBI and ESPN had reported that they had him on a wiretap discussing a one hundred thousand dollar payment for DeAndre Ayton. I want to go on the record real quick and say shout out to us, you know, pat pat ourselves on the back here. I don't think any of us really condemned. We we were we kind of said it's a bad look for Sean Miller, but we didn't really condemn him. And Sean Miller did a total Reggie Miller nut grab <laughs> at his press conference this week. Hey, but he, he just did got it. all the he chips and it. put it on Sean Miller. He did, but he did it respectful. I mean, it was if you can grab those things respectfully, <laughs> he did because. I mean, really, <laughs> he he was respectful. So the report said that Miller discussed a one hundred thousand dollar payment for a for, with a former ASM employee, Christian Dawkins. We discussed some of this to to confirm that DeAndre Ayton would go to Arizona, and then so Mark Schleybart Schleybalt, but him and ESPN originally he reported through ESPN originally that th- through this FBI investigation. This wiretap took place in 2017 during an audio wiretap thing over the phone. FBI had it. 
Then ESPN corrected that later and said, no, we're sorry this happened in 2016. Then they came back again later and corrected it and said, no, actually it did happen in 2017. We don't know when, but it happened sometime Mm -hmm. in 2017. And all this happened because 24-7 Sports started to add up some dates. And the original date that the original time period that ESPN said that this wiretap happened was during they so they said it happened in 2017 but the FBI notified everybody when they were cuz I think I guess you have to tell people if you've recorded them yeah. on the phone I think that's in, some in kind most of law. states they notified them that we do have recordings of you on the phone and it was from this time to this time which didn't make sense on ESPN's report so that's why they they backtracked so hard I hope <laughs> they didn't like pull a hamstring or something as they were backtracking off all these statements because ESPN analysts like Jay Billis he he said on Saturday after this report came out that Sean Miller's career was over Seth Greenberg said that he will never coach again Dickie V came on and said that this is the worst mm. thing basketball has ever seen and just can't, they all buried Sean Miller and Sean Miller came out with his press conference. If you haven't seen it, we're going to link it on our website on the JustPressPlayPod.com or on JPPPod.com. What Sean Miller said in some of his press conferences, he came out and basically said that he's he said he's innocent. He's never broken any rules. Some of the interesting things he used to me was he never knowingly broke any rules while at Arizona. Interesting asterisk. So I don't know if that's him saying he might have broke rules while he was – because wasn't he – he was Xavier, right, Dad? Uh, it sounds right, but I'm, I can't – I wouldn't swear to it. It sounds right. I think it's where he made his comeback, and he was good there. And then he also said, I never paid a recruit or prospect or their family to come to Arizona. He, he kept solidifying to Arizona. So he's not – I don't know if he necessarily said he's never done it, but he's, he's never done anything at Arizona – and then he said that he's never spoke or met with Dawkins until after Aiton was committed and said that he had no he never gave any money to anyone. But what was interesting is Dad brought it up last week. Sean Miller was adamant that with Dawkins, you don't don't go Dawkins wanted to go through the assistant coach. Sean Miller said, No, if you want to talk money, you go through me. Mm-hmm. Which at the time when we just heard that little part, we thought, well, that is just dumb by Sean Miller to have to be on the record saying, no, I, I deal the money. I do the money. But if he's telling the truth, maybe he's shutting the shit down before it goes on behind his back. Maybe he's saying money goes yeah. to me so I can make sure none of it happens. Kind of seems like what an innocent guy would do. I don't know. What are, what are some of y'all's thoughts on that? I, I liked it. I thought Sean Miller was super respectful. He was straightforward. He did not vaguely, uh, he was not vague in denying any part whatsoever of the allegations against him and the University of Arizona. I mean, he didn't miss a beat. He was clear in saying he never met or spoke to Christian Dawkins until after Peyton committed. He was clear in saying there was no such conversation. He addressed every allegation and specifically said that did not happen, period. And I like He never mentioned ESPN at all. But the whole press conference was basically saying "f you to ESPN and your report," and the and basically saying he like at, told them they need to go figure out what's true, what's not. And ESPN looked so bad the way they kept going back and changing some of it. And they said they stand behind their report, but it really it gets me into a topic. The question that needs to be asked and answered is how solid is Schleyball sources and. Do they act? I don't even know for sure if they have Miller on tape because I don't know how credible what Shayball reported was. And it seemed to me that it was a little bit of a panic move by like Shayball heard this 
And it was uh, Yahoo's been posting all this stuff, the findings of the FBI. They've been getting all these leaks. And if, if, all the stuff with the scandal has been coming through Yahoo. So I think Schleyball caught wind of something, went to ESPN. ESPN thought, oh, this is, this is huge news. This is going to shake up the whole basketball world and really have you have a coach on tape talking about it. So we want to we take the lead over Yahoo. And that's the world we're in now is where news moves so fast. We got to put it out first. We got to put it out. We got to be the person putting out this news. Yeah, burn it quick. It's more, I'm telling you, and I've taken some ethics of journalism classes. It's not about who reports it first. It's about who reports it right. And I don't think ESPN and Schleyball had their had all their ducks in a row before they went out. And Sean Miller might can file for some defamation or take him to court. I think. If I mean, if he is found innocent, he or the University can. of Arizona, they yeah. lost Shaq's yeah. son as a recruit over this. And I'm telling Shaq's son, that's big time. And Shaquille O'Neal coming to games. And things like that, like Arizona, that cost Arizona some money, some big money. They have got a calculable loss. That's what's huge loss. about it. If that's defamation of character, if that was libel or slander, and ESPN's too good, they got to know. You better know what, if you're going to go say that, you better know it. And I, I hope, I hope you got to right. have that right. If you're going to go put you, that man's career, you're. To say you better that, have it right. you better be right. You well, better that's be the world right. we live in. And then right to now, have though. all those analysts. And everyone's so quick to, oh, well, this came out Friday. Jay Billis and all them on College Game Day. You got to go get your hot takes mm-hmm. out there and throw it out there. This, that's why ESPN, you better be right. There better be 100% sure that your sources know what sure they're that. talking about and that you got this. And it's like you're saying, not only is losing Shaq's son big because the dude, I don't know what number is, but he's a high, high recruit. He's a very good player. Losing that talent's big. But you're losing – the notoriety and publicity that Shaq and Shaq's son is bringing to your program. Yeah. This isn't LeVar Ball. This is Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves mm-hmm. Shaquille O'Neal. And he's going to be on the sideline, courtside, all seven foot three of them, 300 yeah. pounds. So you're going right. to see him. And not only did he not decide not to go to Arizona, he decided to go to UCLA, your Pac-12 rival. Yeah. Well, what I wonder, Kevin, and it's I a think big you, loss. you hit on this a little bit, but does this now, is it Arizona against the world? And do they do they oh, parlay that into yep. an NCAA title? So here, here's my question. I wonder in a Calcutta, does the price of Arizona did it just go up? I mean, but it I think the price of Arizona just went up. I wonder what the odds. Did the odds if in Vegas else change? Thinks like me, I don't know. That'd be interesting to see. Sean Miller basically put all what he did at that press conference was he got all his chips and he moved them to the middle and he put it on Sean Miller. And either he's saying I'm 100 percent innocent, or there's y'all don't have shit on me and y'all can't. If he's guilty, mm-hmm. y'all can't prove it. Well, either way, he he's putting all the chips in the middle, and I'm right behind him. I am all in on Arizona, and if other people think the same thing, I'm sure their Calcutta price is rising way up. The reason I like it is because it's it's the it's the rule of us against the world, just like what the Eagles did in the Super Bowl. As soon as everyone can do that, and you can rally your locker room to go, everyone in their and their mama was ready to condemn us and say we're the worst thing in college basketball. And this team is good. They have. They have everything that I love in a team when I'm looking to pick my final four runs. They got a stud guard in Alonzo Trier, who's coming back from he's, – he's a second-year player, averages 19 a game, shoots 86 from the free throw line, 52% shooter from the field. He's a good player and makes free throws, which is what I, I want you to have a veteran guard that can hit free throws. Yep. Then they got they got that the $100,000 big man in Aiton, who 
is a stud. I don't know if y'all watched his last game. He broke the record for most rebounds in a Pac-12 game for 26 and 20 the other day, and they won the Pac-12 regular season championship. Well, he can cover a lot of defensive lapses, too. I mean, he's still standing back there. You still got to get around Aiton. I mean, he's the dude. He's the dude averages 20, 11 rebounds, two blocks, shoots 61% from the field, and also shoots 34% from three, so he can hit from outside. Mm-hmm. And he's a 75% free throw shooter, so he's not even like a big man who can't shoot free throws. And what I even like more about him is the top six guys on their team are all returners. Besides Aiton being the freshman, but everyone else is sophomore, junior, senior, so they're a veteran. And they got the whole rally the locker room around who Sean Miller's a good coach. Well, say what you will about him; mm-hmm. he's not a bad coach. I'm putting I'm putting all my money on Arizona. I well, I don't think you're going to be alone. It's the problem. I don't think you're no. going to be alone in that. So, so I want to talk a little bit about. We're not going to. I don't think we're going to get too deep into it. But the NFL Combine was going on in Indianapolis where. A bunch of scouts just go watch a bunch of players run around in shorts and decide what they're right, gonna right. what they're gonna put the rest of their franchise in. And some of the big hitters, and actually I'll let I'll let you take it away, L. What did our boy Shaquem Griffin All right, so do? So Shaquem Griffin. Yeah, let, let's start with who Shaquem Griffin is. Yeah, who is Shaquem Griffin? So, Make sure. So uh right. so they won that game against Auburn. That was the first time I saw him. They won that bowl game. He was all um, over the damn field in that well, game. And so when I first saw him, what I first thought is uh, I, I noticed about halfway through the game that they had a guy that was missing his left hand. This guy's um, playing Division One football well with one hand missing. Right. So and first, I bet he puts his keys in his right pocket. <laughs> um, and so my first thought, and I know it's wrong, but my first thought was, oh, that's so good that somebody with a disability is getting a shot to play some football in college, D1, you know, whatever. And then... Towards the end of the game, <laughs> towards the end of the game, <laughs> I started noticing that he was literally in on every single tackle. Um, maybe not literally, but damn near close to it. It uh, seemed he like was he was like, everywhere. He was like the heart and soul of that defense, and uh, he he was mind blowing. So let's talk about how he got to where he is. So he uh, when he was born. Uh, well, when he was in the womb with his twin brother, who is a uh, corner for the Seattle Seahawks right now, Shaquille. Griffin. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they were twins. And uh, Shaquem had this fibrous strand of amniotic membrane wrapped around yeah. uh, his left hand. Let's let it take his hand, I guess. And and they tried to figure out how they were going to deal with that. And his parents are Terry and Tangi. God bless them. They said, we're, we're just not going to treat him any different. And uh, when he was about four years old, he had so much pain in his hand that he would constantly wake up in the middle of the night crying and yelling and screaming. And when he was four years old, his mom actually came out to the kitchen once and he had a butcher's knife. He was trying to, he was, he was going to cut off his fingers because he was hurting that much. And so she, a nurse decided to call the doctors that she knew and call in a few favors and have a surgery to amputate his hand that next morning, which they did. And then uh, he had this cast on and they said, no football, you can't play any sports, whatever. And, uh, how long that last? And it lasted about 24 hours. She picked him up from daycare, and he was covered in blood, smiling as big as he could smile. With the football, with the football in hand. In hand. He, couldn't, he couldn't resist. And his, uh, his dad, Terry, uh, made all sorts of uh, different attachments that he could hook onto his arm and strap on so he could actually lift weight with the high school team. And, you know, would like they when uh, when they were learning how to play football, his dad didn't give him any uh, any easier throws than his brother to try to learn how to catch. So he caught a couple of balls with his nose before he actually learned how to catch, but he eventually learned how to catch. And Shaquille was like a highly ranked high school football player. So teams wanted him. USF looked at him 
USF, uh, South Florida offered Shaquille a scholarship, but not Shaquem. But wouldn't take both. Wouldn't take both. And then Central Florida wanted both. Um, Okay, gotcha. But uh, in 2016, uh, interestingly enough, Shaquem broke his hand and then played against Houston. So he broke his one hand and then played against Houston. And in that game, he had 14 tackles, 1.5 sacks, a fumble recovery, and an interception with zero functioning hands. Wow. Dude, it seems like a good game with the guy with three hands, yeah. let alone zero. Right. And so uh, so last year, he had a really standout year. He he really showed himself as a key member of that team. He eventually got invited to the Combine. And holy he cow. He didn't initially he did get, invited. get invited. He had to yeah, really right. push for yeah. it. Correct. But that's not too unusual for somebody um, who's on that bubble on a smaller no. team. Not get invited, even but I mean, it's they, just it's just another chance for him to go, man. Yeah, I've just been, I just, I'm not the same as this guy. But he said, no, screw that. Well, and uh, his catchphrase, his hashtag is uh, against all odds, and I think it's accurate because, like, you know, he doesn't have a hand to do bench press with, so he needs an attachment to hook onto the bar, mm-hmm. and uh, and he did 20 reps of 225 pounds, which is 14 more than he thought he was going to be able to do. And three more than his yeah. brother was able to do last year. Wow. Um, the most he'd ever done in his life was 11 reps of 225. And at the combine, on the biggest stage of his career, he hit it 20 times. And then what did he go do? Yeah. Uh, what, what about his and on uh, Sunday? He went time. to go. Yeah. Tell me something yeah. about that. <laughs> on Sunday, he went to go run a 40 and ran a 438 official 40. It was unofficial. And then they said the official <laughs> one was a 438. Which is the fastest by any linebacker since 2003. And maybe the fastest of anybody over 225 pounds ever. Is that, did I hear that right? I, yeah. um, I, well, who were they, who were they comparing them to 40 times? Well, I, I saw a video. I think you guys might've seen it too of, uh, they superimposed, uh, we'll post it on our, in our show notes, but, uh, they superimposed, uh, Richard Sherman, Ezekiel Elliott and Julio Jones running and they all trailed him by the end of it. Wow. Wow. I mean, to be in that company, that's <laughs> that dude's going somewhere. He's going to play some football. There's no doubt. That, that is amazing yeah. what he's yeah. accomplished already in life. Man, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I'm sure rooting for him. Man, if the Broncos need another linebacker. <laughs> Wherever he lands, yeah. I'm rooting Same. like hell Same. for him. I me too. Also going on at the combine on the other side of the ball is the quarterback situation. And – Apparently, some teams asked Lamar Jackson, if anyone who doesn't quite remember, the guy that was at Louisville, not this past year, but the year before he won the Heisman. I think in my history of watching college football, well, could be Reggie Bush. But the most exciting player to watch, mm-hmm. I think, I've ever watched is Lamar Jackson. That's yeah, fair. fair enough. Just literally, he can, he can run it 80 mm-hmm. yards or throw it 80 yards on any play. And he got asked... At the combine, if he would if he would run some of the receiver drills, because he is he's fast and he's maybe not your prototypical quarterback, whatever that be, and we'll get into that in a second, I think. But he decided that no, he will not do any receiver drills, and any team looking at him to be a receiver is not the team for him because he's planning on being a quarterback in the NFL, which I totally respect. Put the money. I I respect a guy who's willing to bet yeah. on themselves every single time. I love that. But it has a lot of people asking, is it racist for teams to assume that he should go try out a receiver? Just Is it because he's a black guy who's fast, or is it because they don't think he's a quarterback? Because if you've watched him play, the dude's got a cannon. 
He might have some accuracy issues. What are y'all's thoughts on that? My thought on it, in and I don't think I think it's probably a good thing to be in tune to. Could that possibly be racist? I don't. I don't think it is. I think it's if you look at like back when the Browns had Terrell Pryor, um, he was oftentimes the best quarterback on that team. Yeah, but yeah. the problem was when you take him and put him at quarterback, then he had no receivers to throw to. Am I right? Right. He was on the Browns when he right. But even even when he he was playing at his best at quarterback, he still couldn't compete with how well, you know, like maybe Deshaun Kaiser can play quarterback while throwing to a better receiver because, you know, he just didn't have any receivers. And if you look at who's got like the top five picks in the NFL draft, the Broncos are the first one that really has a receiver and no quarterback. Um, I mean, I guess the Giants are number two, and it depends on where you feel about what's going to happen with Eli. You know, the Colts aren't really looking to get a quarterback. The Browns could use a quarterback, but they also they've got weak spots all over the field. They need an athlete to come in and be able to play sports for him in any position. And so, you know, if he makes it down to Denver, then, yeah, they could look at him as a quarterback because they need it. And they've got good wide receivers. But those those first four picks are um, they're difficult to say that, you know, we need a quarterback more than we need somebody who's a game changer in other positions. Also. Just real quick, Terrell Pryor actually played a little bit of receiver while he was at Ohio State, and and wasn't mm-hmm. he was a, I think he was a fine quarterback, and he could have maybe been an NFL quarterback had he not been on the Browns, like you said. Which who, if he doesn't play, he's the best receiver and quarterback on that team. But Lamar Jackson yeah. was a Heisman winning quarterback. The dude can throw the ball. He is six three. He's not like five eleven or anything. I will say there is one argument that. He's skinny, like RG three was, and you got to learn not to take hits. But he might, he might can learn that. Dad, what was your thoughts on it? Well, but how can you learn how to not take hits in Cleveland? Don't don't go don't go to Cleveland. That's first rule. <laughs> well, that's the first rule. Hey, what is AG uh, AJ Green's particulars? I would bet he and Lamar uh, are similar. similar. I think body he's a types. little taller. He's about six five, I think, but they're similar. Who? AJ Green? Yeah, he's about 6'5. I think Jackson's 6'3. I mean, my thought is just, I mean, I bet he'd be a great wide receiver. I mean, I bet he would be. I mean, that that has nothing to do with anything. I'm saying he would probably be a monster at wide receiver. So I don't think asking him would he do it is racist. I don't think it is. And I'll tell you what, if I was a team looking for a quarterback, yeah. I would bring him in and I'd check him out. I mean, I know he's not the prototypical pro quarterback. Guy's got skills. Yeah. The only thing, so, I and this is this is three white guys talking about is it racist <laughs> for a black guy. But I'm going to say that, one, I think society, us in general, are too quick to go, oh, my gosh, they're being racist about something. At times, I think, like LJ said, it's worth it to go, is it? Like, let's question it and let's see. And there are some people in the NFL probably who aren't going to – don't look at him as a quarterback because he doesn't fit the quarterback mold to them, which is a 6'5", white guy with big hands, whatever. There are there – are, I'm sure there's some franchises like that. But there's some that will take the chance on him and they'll go with it. I just – the only – they asked – the last two Heisman quarterbacks I can remember that got asked to try out for a different position were Tim Tebow, white, and Tim Couch for back when he won the Heisman. They asked him to try out for some other positions too. It's not the first time this has ever happened. Well, and Tim Tebow would have been a great tight yeah, end too. I mean, 
Yeah. I, I just don't think it's – and then it came out later that this all got blown out of proportion because I think it's kind of what we do, and it grabs the headline too. NFL's racist asking to be a receiver. But it came out that yeah. at there's like a meeting that all the scouts go to before the combine, and they can put in a request. Anybody in there can put in a request to – and a lot of times it's more often like the, the Steelers are known for this. They'll ask – almost all defensive end and linebackers if we can get them to work out in both drills because they a lot of times like to have those guys be their end rushers in their 3-4. But if one scout says we'd like that guy to try out at receiver, any quarterback, they say I'd like any quarterback to try out receiver. It takes one scout and the NFL will then go ask the rec- that quarterback, hey, will you work out at receiver? So one scout could have asked, hey, we'd like to see Lamar Jackson at receiver. And so the NFL then their rule is now we'll go yeah. ask him will you play receiver will you try the receiver stuff he said no then of course the headlines though we put it out there as ah the NFL typecast Lamar Jackson because he's black he can't be quarterback that's not what that was that was one scout said he probably like Dad said the dude is explosive as hell if you've seen him with the ball in his hand he makes people miss like no one else in college football I'd I'd like to at least see what he looks like at receiver. It's worth asking him, and if yeah, he says no, he says too. no. That's fine. I just yeah. think we're too big yeah. into let's grab the headline and say the NFL is racist, and they want it. They don't think he can be a quarterback. That we jump all over it, and it becomes the biggest story of the combine. When they asked Lamar Jackson about, did anyone ask you specifically to work out as receiver instead of quarterback? He's like, no one specifically. The NFL just sent that thing and asked if I would do it, and I said no. I'm, I want to be a quarterback, which is totally respectable. Well, and I, yeah. I want to address. Something you said, Kevin. I mean, it is three white guys sitting here talking about being a racist. It doesn't mean that we don't have some perspective, but it does seem like a black person's, an African-American's perspective might be different. And I I respect that and I would welcome that. I can tell you that I know all three of us. And if we're racist, it's not on purpose. We don't mean to be. And if somebody points out to one of us, I I know y'all really well that what you're saying is, is racist. We would try to change that. I mean. I'm, I just know that that's not what we represent or what if we yep. if we find racist people around us, we distance ourselves from that. I mean, that's not or what we approve up. of yeah. or, or speak up of. And so I hope we don't sound that way in this. If we do, you can point it out and I will try to get better from it. But I don't I don't feel like it's a racist thing. What happened? And I don't feel like we are racist. And I. I'm off well, my tangent. I, yeah, off my I, I agree with you. I'd like to so. say to anybody listening, yeah, yeah please, please uh, enlighten us if you think we're wrong. We'd, we'd love to learn more. I agree. With that being said, I think we can end on this. I am excited as hell to see where Lamar Jackson goes. If Denver does mess around and draft him, I will be all eyes on it. I won't be upset about it at all. I'm looking for it. I think if Lamar Jackson goes anywhere besides really Cleveland, because he, I think he does need to go to a team where he has some players <laughs> around him. He's... There's some guys that can go to a team and get hit over and over again and kind of figure it out. But Lamar Jackson doesn't need to go to a team where he's the best athlete on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And that's Cleveland's in, in a little bit of trouble. And I want to go ahead and let every, all the listeners know that keep, keep, uh, keep an eye on the JPP pod. I think we're going to have an all-combine breakdown of what's going on with the quarterback stuff, what's going on with the Kirk Cousins stuff and the snippets coming soon later this week. So just keep an eye on that. I think we're going to really dive deep into what happened in Indianapolis this week. And now we are going to completely change directions and get on to a little something that we, we like to educate ourselves at times. And LJ, I feel like 
there's there's something that's been in the news that just I'm just gonna give you the ball here. The ball's in your court. So Take um, there is a, a way. It turns out now um, to surprisingly cheaply grow meat in a laboratory instead of on an well, animal. Okay, all okay. right. Mm, no, I'm, I'm not just... as hungry as I was. Okay. <laughs> hmm. All right, but here's the I'm deal. Intrigued. Here's the deal. So we talked about stem cells. Yeah. Like a couple weeks ago, right? We talked about stem cells and how they're. Uh, cells that essentially haven't been told what to be yet. So you can give them a certain page of the playbook and then they can learn yeah, what to be. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, um, so if we collect animal stem cells and tell them to be this muscle fiber or something like that, then we can grow hamburger meat. There are a lot of benefits to this. Um, I think the, the first thing to think about is like, it's, it's kind of, it feels icky, right? Like it just doesn't feel right my yeah. initial thought was yeah i would agree if you think about like so uh where where you get sick on in food is through uh foodborne illnesses often come through uh like crossing contamination during the slaughtering process so if you eliminate that mm-hmm. no more foodborne well no not many more foodborne illness illnesses you cut out a lot of it um and also uh you can if you're growing your meat instead of farming your meat you can uh <laughs> You can have the grown no, man out of everybody is chuckling to this. The dad of the group, not not the four year old. <laughs> but you can you can lower greenhouse gas emissions by seventy eight to ninety six percent. You can lower the energy consumption to do that by seven to forty five percent, and you can use eighty two to ninety six percent less water to create the same amount of hamburger. Can I ask a question, LJ? Yeah. How many can you give me in weight? How many stem cells do we get out of one cow? I mean, I have you no know. idea on that. Um, but it well, I'm just not- wondering: does it <clears throat> multiply in meat? You know, I mean, is it is only as much meat as stem cells? So the way it works is, uh, at least from my understanding, and again, I'm not a scientist, uh, but you uh, <laughs> you start with a certain uh, however many stem cells you need to kind of get the clump going, and then that will divide upon itself and create whatever it needs to create. Um, it's the same function of if you've got like a, um, a messed up organ, like say a part of your lung is broken or whatever, and they can apply stem cells to it, but they don't need to apply enough to create your entire lung. They just need to apply enough to start the, the regrowing process The growth. Um, So you can start with a relatively small amount of stem cells, but you are still beholden to having some of those animals around to get stem cells from. Can I interject real quick? I'm going to get this down to a fourth grade level or in other words, Kevin's thinking sure, yeah. level right on your face. So, so <laughs> you're saying so far that we can, instead of having a farm with a bunch of cows on it, yeah, we can just grow this meat Correct. and not have to worry about the disposal of the rest of the cow. We don't use and the, the pig we don't use. There's a quote and- in an article that I read about it. Um, that uh, Winston Churchill apparently said something along the lines of that he hates that we have to grow a whole chicken just to get the the breast and the thigh. And this is exactly what he would have hoped for based on this quote. You can just grow the part of the animal. That I you know want. there are issues and I'm not going to get I'm going to you have some more to add, but there's issues with how these animals at these farms are getting disposed. And it's ruining people that live around areas that like have a pig farm. Their water is 100% contaminated because yeah. of the pig farm. And so, I, I don't know how I feel about growing meat instead of having it 
I guess well, we, would, in, you know, in a sense, have those carcasses. In a sense, we're growing yeah. meat already. We're just growing it on a live organism and Yeah, we're just doing it. it the hardest way possible. And also something has to suffer at the end. Maybe I'm jumping ahead. I'll, I'll let you. Do you have more to do you have more to well, go? Or we? I mean, I, I have some things to add in that. Uh, if you think about things like so. So right now we're only at the process where you can make essentially ground up meats. Um, so by the end of this year, they're thinking you're going to have uh, in your shopping centers, you're going to have things like nuggets, chicken nuggets. You'll have sausage and you'll have things like foie gras in your uh, in your supermarket. What was that last um, thing? Foie gras. It's a it's a French delicacy. And it's actually it's really interesting that this is something they're working on because it's actually insanely inhumane to create. Um, it's essentially a goose or duck liver that that goose or duck has been force fed corn to the point that it almost dies of that. And then apparently that makes the liver just absolutely delicious. And so you find it in fancy restaurants all the time. But if we can find a way to make this meat without having to torture an animal to that degree, sounds like a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm on the side of, I want to quit force feeding these animals corn until they're like miserable. Yeah. And if we can grow it, let's, I've never heard of this thing before. Foie gras. What, say, what's foie the word? gras. It's, it's a French word. Foie gras. Sounds French. It's, <laughs> oh, hey, look at me go. <laughs> well, I did say French like two seconds ago. So. Foie gras. It's a, it's a French delicacy. <laughs> but uh, it takes about nine weeks to grow a, a hamburger. And in 2013, that cost $330,000 to grow a hamburger. Right now, it costs about $11. So the price is going down like crazy. It's still way more expensive than an actual hamburger, but I'm willing to spend a little bit more if I don't have to worry about the... I, I think about the cruelty and the environmental impact of what I eat, I, but I just don't do anything well, about I mean, it. Well, I it's the you know? age-old saying... You love sausage, but you don't want to see how the sausage is made. You know, I mean, right. True. Yeah. And then also you have things like, uh, you know, antibiotics in chicken is a huge problem. Right. right? But like, if you don't have an animal that can contract a disease, then, then you don't have to worry about antibiotics on anything. Like you could just have healthy chicken to eat with no issues whatsoever you know Ooh, wow i just what's got the, what's the old joke of uh, remember the old joke about the chicken and the pig the chicken is involved in breakfast the pig is committed <laughs> to breakfast <laughs> how old of a joke is that i've never heard that before <laughs> you've never heard that <laughs> i don't know if i've heard the that chicken's either. involved the pig he committed <laughs> okay lj i got i got a curveball to throw at you okay can Say I'm a vegan or a vegetarian. I don't eat. I don't like, or I just don't like the fact that we kill animals to eat it. Can I now eat this? Absolutely. They're actually in a um, KFC bucket. Uh, if they're using the right uh, lab-grown meats, then then I. If that's your, if if your reasoning, a lot of people are vegan for the the torture of animals cause or for the environmental impact of what we eat. And if you can solve both of those problems, then yeah, most vegans will go back to if if they have a taste for it. Still, we'll go back to eating but, meat. But you're still getting stem cells from live animals. I think that will be where they won't. Do uh, it, right? Yeah, potentially. I mean, uh, stem cells uh, are are not an invasive thing that you do to an animal. It's it's generally something that you get off of a fetus that isn't going to come to term. Um, which is like we talked about is kind of the problem that a lot of people have with humans is where does life start? So is this a 
Um, is this a live human or whatever? But we don't really care if the animal gets killed um, in the same way. Yeah, which totally mm-hmm. logical. Um, right? But but so so you're right. Some people will still definitely be beholden to the something had to suffer for me to get this here. Whether it's suffering in the sense that I mean it it would be much less, and I would not necessarily consider it suffering personally. But um, it would be yeah. There, there's still a, there's still some people that would have issue with that. Um, another interesting thing is that uh, uh, potentially a lot of uh, religious leaders have come out and said that it would be considered kosher or halal. Well, what what really has interested me is the little bit of research I've done on how like chicken farms and mm-hmm. pig farms are, and how those we, th- those animals are forced to live, and how they're transported and stuff. I'm kind of yeah. I mean, I'm- this. Like this seems like totally logical and makes sense to me. At first, at first thought, I was like, "Whoa, I don't know." And I let, let me throw you out something else that's but- pretty neat too. Is uh, if if you can control. So when you're when you're growing, um, say hamburger, um, that a lot of what makes hamburger have the flavor and the texture it has is the fat that comes with it. But if you're just growing the muscle fibers then you can decide what kind of fat you want to package it with. You can put it with straight butter if you want to, or you can put it with like some omega-3 fatty acids that help with your heart, you know? like so you get 100% lean meat? Like, you know, they yeah, have like 90 absolutely. whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's something to think about. And then the other thing that Official I think is- sponsor is the TB12. <laughs> Good thing. Um, the other thing that I think is really interesting about it is uh, it- it would seem that you could do that with anything you could get a hold of stem cells for. Um, so have you ever wanted to try ostrich? Cause that wouldn't be that hard. Have you ever wanted to see what um, apparently in the Galapagos, the giant tortoises uh, were so tasty that they could never get them back to Europe because the sailors would eat them before they get there. We could have, Whoa, I know, never heard that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So we can have giant <laughs> tortoise in our grocery aisle in Texarkana. I wouldn't mind some tortoise. Um, knowledge again. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, what what kind of meat would you want to try if you could try any kind of meat with no um, connection to it, you know? Man. I don't wow. know. That's a big question. Yeah. I would try ostrich. I would like to try ostrich. Yeah. I would try that. I'm not a fan of the duck. I'm not. So that faux gras, I don't know. I, that, I don't <laughs> like duck at all. Faux gras, Foie gras, yeah. Foie gras, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, you're close. I will say this this is kind of random. It's not random, but it's we're talking about different kind of animals we enjoy. Elk. If you've ever had elk, yeah. Shout out to Dylan. It's he, delicious. he got he cooked some elk for me one day. Yeah. Man. Really? It is good. so yeah. good. But I think elk's kind of hard to kind of hard to hunt. Like it's not just, well, you gotta go go hunt somewhere where <laughs> That's it is the first elk. step. <laughs> and if we're and if we're able to grow it, then I guess that kind of cuts yeah. some of that out. I don't know. It's that's an interesting thought process of we could actually eat like we could eat something that's almost extinct. A woolly without, mammoth. We could have some woolly mammoth. If we could bring if we could bring woolly mammoths back and then get some stem cells from the woolly mammoth, then you can have woolly mammoth steaks at Albertsons. That might Honestly. be delicious. Who knows? Yeah, could be. Come over to um, that. Um, my mind just got blown. So, so another question. Would human be off the limit? Like, would would you would you ever? Whoa! Would I yeah. want to eat human meat? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. No. Why no, not? No. Why? Well, you know what they say. You know what they say. What do they say? Once you once you get a taste for human. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, okay, that's sick. That else. is sick. Um, why? Oh why? They say it. I didn't say it. No. Why? Why is that sick? Why? Why? What's wrong? Eating humans? That's called cannibalism. I mean, you. That's well, but eating a murdering a human to eat them is one thing. But if there's just like, what if it was your own? Like, what if it was made from your cells? Would you be? At least oh, interesting to see. Out my first, I thought you were asking about like eating your children. No, she said, what if no. it was your own? No, yeah, that's like, uh, We're really delving in a very dangerous area. The question is, is, would you uh, eat a Danny DeVito burrito? That's the question. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I would not. Please. Please, any listener, feel free to jump in the the comments, the reviews, the the mentions, and tell LJ how gross he is for wanting to hey, eat a. I didn't say DeVito, I wanted to. DeVito I'm just asking if you guys would be interested. I'm asking you guys. Well, I mean Jennifer Aniston. I don't know. You know she. Whoa. Now, so for me, I would actually, if I could make it out of my own muscle fibers, I would give it a taste. You know, honestly, <laughs> oh. I would. I don't know. I don't know. Why not? I just, I feel like that'd be. I don't think I'm eating any human stuff. I think that's no. fair. I think that's fair. But I also, <laughs> why is the line there? Where, where is the line and why is the question? Uh, the line is on your own species. I don't know. Okay. Yes, that's cannibalism is always bad, right? There's never, ever been anybody that looked up to cannibals. Yeah, is but there? that's because cannibals have to kill a person, which is universally a bad thing to do. And also, it's a... Uh, well, not necessarily. I mean, what if you're, you know, the old plane crash in the mountains? And, so, well, and okay, to, I mean, but like, that's, that's not always bad, though. This is a road I did not think we would go down today. <laughs> you got to survive, <laughs> right? So people don't humans. necessarily look down on people who are doing whatever it takes to survive, right? I mean, am I wrong about that? Well, I'm not to that point, LJ. Sure. To survive, I don't have to eat some of my own meat. So, <laughs> sure, you know, but I don't know. Curiosity. Maybe. If it's if it's ethical, it's not, it's not going to hurt me. It's not going to cause me any problems. Curiosity killed the cat. Well, but the cat didn't yeah. have lab-grown meat is all I'm saying. <laughs> I'd eat the lab-grown cat before I'd eat people. Just saying. I want to try to somehow circle mm. the wagons back just a little bit and get... Yeah, and I want to ask you a question, LJ, on wh- how this th- this is something that w- I would realistically ask. So you said the burger is going to cost me more money out of my wallet. Like my my bill after going out to eat will cost more for eating this burger that is grown instead of today it does. Yeah, slaughtered and okay for my sandwich meat. Is it the same thing? Like I'll have to pay more for, for the now, sandwich meat. Yeah, for now it is. For now, for now, he's saying the prices, the prices are, coming, are down. coming down and the goal is to make it cheaper than. But is it at its lowest oh, or it's going to keep, keep getting, getting it's lower keep because getting the process lower. is going to be more and more understood. It's just like manufacturing anything. And also, you're not going to have this artificial uh, limitation of having to keep a creature alive. You know, if like if your chickens get sick, then you either have to feed them antibiotics or kill them all. And um, that's not a problem in a lab. So in theory, as you refine the process, it'll get cheaper and cheaper to, you know, almost no. No limit. So for the for the cliff notes of anyone who maybe got sidetracked while we were diving off into this discussion, you're telling me at at some point, hopefully, this is gonna be a cheaper alternative that allows us not to slaughter these animals that we put in terrible conditions that mm-hmm. also have less disease. Yep. And environmentally and friendly, better for us, and uh, environmentally friendly. I 
it's hard. The the scale's getting broken on which one's better or worse. I think I'm all yeah. on. No, it lab, wouldn't even the be lab process. The, meat. the second it's cheaper, it'll be uh, it, it, like we'll stop having farms in a traditional sense, in my opinion. And do you know this? The, I don't know if you have the answer to this question. How close could we be to it being an, a real alternative? Uh, there's there's a lot of information out there, but I've seen a lot of places predicting by about 2021, it'll be it'll be the way of the world. And I guess one of the things we need to think about with that in mind um, is what do we do with all of the cows that are still alive at that point? You know, like are farmers just going to like cut them loose because no one wants to buy steak from them anymore. You know what I mean? We still need their stem cells, though, right? Yeah, but not nearly as many. We don't need every farm in America having cows you know we like uh, i i don't know the logistics but i would imagine a, a pretty large lab could run off of one to five cows you know instead of well, having that's a hundreds. whole new industry now you're going to have political action committees that are the <laughs> farmers you know that are that yeah support the ranchers and they're going right. to be giving money to congress to go, oh, we're playing god you. you know yeah the FFA yeah. is coming you so yeah. <laughs> i don't know this will be an interesting development i'm yeah. i'm interested to watch how this how this goes Um, so that poll, I believe, is pretty much done, and it looks like the majority of our listeners, uh, about 63% or so, are right. believe that the kickoff should be uh, kept in the game of football. Um, do you guys uh, have an opinion after having two weeks to think about it? I stand by my initial thoughts. I like the onside kick because it's super exciting, and if I'm the winning team, I want them to have to get an onside kick, which is hard to get, instead of giving the ball back to their quarterback on 4th and fifteen. Which is interesting, but I just don't think it's fair. What if you could make a fourth and 20 instead, which would have a similar uh, conversion rate as an onside kick, but wouldn't be luck based at all? Would that be only only once which we can get on this next episode? Only once we change the pass interference rule, which is totally flawed in the NFL, okay. to where you can throw it up and just pray for a pass interference. That's an, but, a really good response, actually. Dad, what do you think? Um, I actually, because I, you've convinced me, I want to try the fourth oh, and fifteen. Oh yeah, I really. I kind of want. That's what I'm talking I, about. Yeah, I want to see what it's like. I want to. I want to see. Get, let's give it a year. Do it in play. Let's do it in I preseason it. next year. I love it and see how it goes. That's the way to test that's it. What I would do. Yeah, that's the way to test it. Go, Roger. You do listen it in preseason. You listen, Roger. See how it goes. Come on, <laughs> Roger. Give it. I call him. Give Raj. us a call. Just, give I just us call a call, Roger. Raj. We got the rules. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> What are you listening to, LJ? What's something you listened to in the past week? Uh, I've been listening to a song called Duele by Bomba Estereo. It is a bumping song. It's in Spanish. Um, Can you spell it? D-U-E-L-E by Bomba Estereo. You should be able to see that. Yeah, yeah, I can get that much. Um, Cool, all right. And then I've also been listening to this jazz record I've got. Um, It's Bill Porter's orchestra and it's called uh bill's meeting it's really good beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. record dad i'm kind of into that lights uh, uh yeah when we were here and you know she's written what? some story lights check out lights when we were she's here, a good Kevin. artist check it out um she's she's not unattractive at all True that. and True she's that. written this comic book like an apocalyptic uh place where this woman's trying to get through and it's in this this skin and earth maybe the name of the album and it's one of those albums actually we talked about i think it's it's a it's an album about <clears throat> this story yeah 
It, I don't, I'm intrigued by lights. I'm intrigued by her. Yeah. That's who I'm listening to. Bro, what about you? So, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I was listening to some Kanye West, Jay-Z, Watch the Throne yeah. the other day. I think that's a yeah, really good sure. album. I love it. Um, Run the Jewels. I've Have y'all ever listened to Run, Run the, Jewels? the Jewels? I need to listen to more. Um, I don't know if you'll like them too much. RTJ3. I don't feel like it's yeah. dad's type of music. It's hip hop, but it's not like your but, flavor, I don't think. Honestly, but I'd give okay. them a shot because they're good. LP. But also, I've been listening to Room for Squares, John Mayer. Fair enough. That's hey, a that good. I've just been his, listening to John Mayer. Great album. Yeah, me too. Yeah, his best album's Trio. Probably Continuum. Right. Uh, it's what? Trio. It's what? Trio. Yep. yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm with LJ. Best album right there. I was no on doubt. Continuum. Try, uh, tries is close. I don't know. Try might be. The Trio is an That's amazing my favorite. album. He's doing yeah. things with his guitar that it takes four hands to do. I don't know how he's doing it. So it's amazing. That's a three-piece band. I mean, that's yeah. three pieces. Yeah. And listen to the musical talent. That's good. All right, and now that will do it for our episode. By the way, screw the NFL for for. Uh, <laughs> For what's his name, Mara, Roger? For the head of the yeah. Hopefully you quit listening and you're ready to pay us. But if if you still are, the one of the people of your catch committee or your rules committee at Mara, the guy for the Giants, came out and said that unanimously the NFL decided that Des Bryant did catch the ball against the Packers in the playoffs. What? Why do you want to take my wound? Open it up and pour <laughs> salt and alcohol and any other thing that burns into it just to tell me what I already know, which is Des yeah, does it, does the it, god dang football. Does it make you feel better to know that you got screwed? Mm. Yeah, no. <laughs> By the way, I just want to let you... Mm. I just want to let you know you were right the whole time. You should have won, but you didn't. No, it doesn't make me feel any better. It just pisses me just, off. Yeah. All it did was piss me off. I don't understand yeah. why it comes out, but... Just, just another, another, another week, and the Just Press Play Pod rolls on, and the NFL makes another bad PR move. <laughs> you know, they're synonymous. So, as always, keep pressing play. You can always find us on Facebook at Just Press Play Pod, or on Twitter at JPP Pod, or you can now find us on the web at JustPressPlayPod.com or JPPPod.com. Like always, we really we want to hear what you have to say. Leave us a review. Tell us why LJ is completely wrong on one to eat other humans and ravioli. And <laughs> and and if you have any thoughts on on if ramen's a soup or not a soup or just really anything, anything we said that we were wrong on, tell us. We'd love to. We'd love to either argue or concede that we're wrong because that happens a lot. Mm. We, we we do that. So. Um, Keep listening. Please keep hitting subscribe. And as always, man, just press play. Peace.